0: Today's reading is taken from the Gospel of John, chapter 21, verses 1 to 14. Jesus and the miraculous catch of fish. So that's John, chapter 21, beginning from verse 1. Afterwards, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. It happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, also known as Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana and Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them, and they said, we'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, It is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment round him, for he had taken it off, and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from shore, about a hundred meters. When they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. Jesus said to them, "'Bring some of the fish you have just caught.' So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153, but even with so many the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, "'Come and have breakfast.' None of the disciples dared to ask him, "'Who are you?' They knew it was the Lord. Jesus took the bread and gave it to them, And did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples. After he was raised from the dead. Amen.
1: Shall we pray together? Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for that glorious passage of Scripture. And uh, we pray that as we look at it together, you would speak through it. You alone know our hearts. You know our needs they're many and they're varied and that we pray that by your spirit this morning whether we're here in the building or at home or wherever we might be that you would speak powerfully that we would hear the voice of jesus amen if you've got your bibles if you'd like to open them at john chapter 21 the 21st the final chapter of the book of john john john's testimony of his life with the lord jesus christ is rich i think are we allowed to have favorite gospels it's my favorite gospel by far and having looked at it for many many years what comes through very often is john himself his heart his love for christ he is the disciple whom jesus loved and you read john's gospel and john's epistle he was a thinking man a godly man without a doubt So we're going to look at this chapter together, this this final chapter, this epilogue, this appendix as it were. John's gospel seems to finish naturally at the end of chapter 20. You read the last few verses of chapter 20 and this is it. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life life in his name by believing you may have life in his name it's that simple isn't it the gospel great end to the to the gospel of john and then we go into chapter 21 which is a kind of appendix john is kind of tying things up oh, oh by the way these things and then we get this glorious seventh record of jesus's um, appearance after his resurrection here we meet the risen Lord again by the beautiful Sea of Galilee. It's a, it's a great passage because it tells a story and in some ways it's like watching one of these old movie films that the, the camera first of all focuses on the disciples. There they are in the boat and paints a good picture and, and they fished all night as we'll discover in a minute. And then the camera turns around and there's a stranger on the beach who is that stranger he calls out and then the camera turns again to the guys in the boat and there's a sudden realization and then the camera focuses on them all and and that's very much our our outline today we're going to go through the verses and we're going to look at verses one to three we see the disciples verses four to six we focus on the lord verses seven to eight the realization the penny drops as to who it is and then verses 9 to 13 this lovely breakfast that jesus has with his precious disciples john it's widely regarded was an old man when he wrote his gospel when he wrote his epistles he's the only original apostle that's left the others have all died the others the disciples have all been killed john alone was the one who died a natural death so it's believed james his brother had died 50 years previously that's recorded in acts chapter 12 where herod puts him to death by the sword his beloved brother his fishing partner 50 years ago he died peter and paul those those pillars of the faith long gone 30 years maybe ago they died the others had all been killed the temple itself in jerusalem 25 years previously john's an old man when the holy spirit comes to him and, and and prompts him to write his gospel we've seen some of these old movies of prince philip haven't we on the tv of late and and what struck me very much which was, was just that this life that this man had lived this span of life and And the the apostle John was an old man in his 90s, probably, when he wrote this. And, And you look at his life, the span of his life from a fisherman in Galilee to this great apostle, probably living in Ephesus now, all that he'd seen and done. And this this comes out of this man's heart. Very much. There is John in this. It's beautiful. God uses ordinary people to to proclaim his message to serve him. It's a very exciting thought. So that's where we're going to go this morning. That's the outline, the disciples, the Lord, the realization, the breakfast. And then we're going to apply it. How does this apply to us? How can we put these things into our lives as a church and our lives as individuals? so verses one to three the disciples there they are they the disciples are a a likable bunch aren't they you've got peter there desperate to get on with things john the thinking man and all there they are so there's the seven of the 12 apostles are in this boat There's simon peter the burly fishermen. there's thomas there's nathaniel there's john and james the sons of zebedee as they're called here and there are two others possibly andrew and philip and they're fishing it's a week after the death and the resurrection of the lord twice already these this group of disciples have met with the risen lord they're back home this is where they lived this is where they worked before jesus came to them they're fishing on the lake of galilee on the on the on Tiberius it's it's in our scriptures there which is interesting because that's how some of the historians say that John wrote this very late because the word used for the Sea of Galilee is Tiberius and that was used much later on in the history the boat was empty they'd been fishing all night and they'd caught nothing and I'm sure in many ways that's how they felt they must have felt a bit empty all that had happened in the past three years and now they were fishing back to where it's like a, maybe it's like a dream you know what life's like sometimes you, you've done something really exciting and then you're back home and you oh there's a kind of oh right what now so the boat was empty maybe they felt empty too put yourself in their shoes what's happened in the last three years in their lives they've been mind-blowing years these disciples had seen things that nobody else had ever seen they'd seen amazing things when you read through the gospels with fresh eyes you just your jaw hits the ground and these people these men had seen these things and particularly peter and james and john who were in this boat that that's that inner circle of the three disciples that saw everything put yourself in their shoes day after day after day they'd witnessed so much hadn't they they'd seen the sick healed all kinds of illnesses various diseases those suffering pain and seizures the demon possessed that, that crazy guy in the gadarenes they were there they saw that must have been pretty frightening mustn't it when he came towards them they'd seen it they'd seen the paralyzed healed, the lepers cured the blind able to see they'd seen the mute able to speak the deaf able to hear The list goes on, doesn't it? The gospel is full of records of what Jesus did. These guys had seen that. They'd witnessed it. They were witnesses. They'd seen the dead raised. Young people, old people. They'd seen storms stilled on this this lake. They'd seen that Jesus get up and, and command the wind and the waves to be still. They'd seen Jesus walking on the water three of them Peter James and John had witnessed the transfiguration I think of all the high points in their lives this must have been one of them all of a sudden Jesus kind of glows brighter than the noonday sun and then all of a sudden there's Moses and Elijah Moses and Elijah they were the greats of the old testament they'd seen them this is what's happened to them in the last three years they'd heard teaching like no other teaching they'd seen thousands fed from scraps a few fish and a few bits of bread again by this sea by the sea of galilee they and they in the last week too what a week that has been they'd witnessed the betrayal of their lord jesus christ they, they'd witnessed the the deep sorrow in gethsemane it was james it was peter it was john that were unable to stay away because they witnessed the lord burdened with such a sorrow like nobody's ever known before they'd witnessed an unjust trial they'd seen a gruesome death they'd seen the burial of the one they hoped would be the messiah would be the deliverer of israel and they'd witnessed the glorious resurrection they were puzzled they they didn't expect that to happen although jesus had said i'm going to meet you in galilee it was all like above them wasn't it they hadn't grasped it and even now three times this particular group had seen the risen lord they must have been puzzled that's where they're at in the boat that's the camera looking at these disciples and there they are that's what they've been through in the last three years quite an interesting three years isn't it when you put yourself in their shoes and now here they are back in the fishing boat back on galilee probably not sure what's going to happen next are they confused are they disappointed too right they are disappointed they'd been fishing all night and caught nothing so that that's where they'd been and they were just oh you can imagine oh what, what's going to happen now their boat and their nets were empty and that symbolizes to me where they're at that what next but their emptiness didn't stay for long because now the camera focuses on the this this stranger on the shore there's there's somebody there verses four to six we we see the lord Verse 4, it's early morning, so we know that the sun is just coming up. The, the ESV version says, just as day was breaking, Jesus was standing on the shore, but, but he's hidden from the disciples in the boat. They don't know it's Jesus. So was it still dark? Was it misty? Or were they like the two on the Emmaus Road, kept from recognizing him? We don't know, but initially they didn't know that it was Jesus. And this stranger called out to them, friends, haven't you caught any fish? Or literally, he said, lads, boys, you don't have any fish, do you? That's what he says literally to them. And they answered honestly, no, nothing. So verse six, he tells them to throw their nets out onto the the right side of the boat, assuring them that if they did, they would catch fish. They obeyed and sure enough, they caught some not just a few but loads of big ones so many that they couldn't haul in the net i wonder if somehow the the penny was beginning to drop at this stage deja vu to three years ago when they were young fishermen out fishing and this this man jesus was teaching and he 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 hijacked as it were one of their boats and he preached from the shore And then at the end of that, he said to them, it's in Luke chapter 5. I'll just read it because it's so significant to this passage. So Luke chapter 5, and we'll pick it up at verse 4. When he, Jesus, had finished speaking, he said to Simon Peter, put out into deep water and, and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I'll let down the nets. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on the shore, left everything and followed him. Deja vu, three years later on, fishing on the Lake of Galilee, caught a great shoal of fish in, in their nets. So now we turn in verses 9 to 13 and in verses 7 to 8 that the realization the penny drops verse 7 in young john's mind it's the lord he says to peter did he whisper in his ear, it's the lord or or did he shout out it's the lord this stranger that's calling to them it's the lord it's the lord and Action man Peter was up and out of the boat before you could, you know, click your fingers or whatever. So typical of Peter. When you read about Peter, Peter was, was out there. He was in there. When, when they were running towards the tomb, you remember Peter and John were running to the tomb? Peter straight in. John was like hanging back a bit, wasn't he? Thinking about it. Peter straight in there. And so here, action man Peter, it's it literally, he hurled himself into the water. Blow you lot, I'm off, it's the Lord. And off he goes. And whether he swam or whether he paddled it, we don't know. It was 100 yards off the shore. Who knows how deep it was? Peter soon found out, didn't he? After he jumped off the boat. So verse eight, it's left to the other disciples to row the, the, the 100 yards, the 90 meters to the shore, dragging the net. Full of fish with them can 't you see this is like a movie? What a great description isn 't it of what 's going on? What a, what a great story And then, then the camera turns and focuses on them all in verses nine to thirteen. This breakfast we, we don 't know what Peter did did he get there first or whatever Did he speak to the lord or what happened the narrative stays with the disciples verse 9 when they we see what they saw when they landed they saw there was a fire they saw was fish on the on the fire they 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 described it there's a real eyewitness account here of what's going on verse 10 jesus invites them to bring some of the fish they just caught, and Simon Peter, the strong, burly one, he climbs back into the boat to help. 153 fish in their net, big ones. Much has been said and spoken about as to what this number means, 153. Pages have been written. I think the honesty is that there were 153 fish. Simple as that. And any fisherman, and I've done a bit of fishing in my time, if you've caught 153 fish, you want to count them. So that's what they did, 153. Can you believe it? And also, again, the eyewitness account here. Here is John recalling this. How many fish did you catch, John? 153. We've never caught that much. It's honesty. We read, again, the, the reliability of the scriptures telling us what really happened verse 12 jesus invites them to eat come and have breakfast he says he he gives them food here is the risen lord jesus christ the king of kings the lord of lords all that he's been through what does he do he serves his disciples what a lesson for us isn't there we're servants even the greatest among us are servants of one another our lord jesus christ served his disciples and the disciples didn't dare to ask who he was yet they knew he was the lord was he different why this hesitation to ask we we don't know but they knew that the 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 the, the words here that are used they knew with absolute certainty that it was the lord Maybe very little was said around the fire as they ate the food. But in the next section, verses 15 onwards, we know for certain because the Lord speaks to Simon. Simon, do you love me? Yes, Lord. You know that I love you. They they knew it was the Lord. It was the Lord. So that's the story. That's the film. But it'd be cruel to end there. But it's great. It's a great story. And it's exciting. But what's that got to do with us here in the 21st century? What's that got for us Bishop Hannington or wherever you're looking from in the locality or the world maybe. There is a lesson of discipleship for us all. What can we learn from this wonderful passage? A, you can do nothing on your own. The disciples net was empty until they obeyed the Lord's command and after that it was full. The net was empty but when they obeyed it was full. Jesus said earlier on in John, I am the vine, you are the branches whoever abides in me and i in them he it is that bears much fruit for apart from me you can do nothing so first lesson we can do nothing on our own we try but we can't second lesson with christ we can do all things jesus had said to these very disciples follow me and i will make you fishes of men and that's what they're about to do isn't it with the rest of their lives they're not sure what's going to go on in the next phase of their life we know we can look back and see what's going to happen to them they thought that life was interesting those first three years crumbs there's going to be a lot more going on in the latter part of their lives some of whom will pay for it with their lives the vast majority of this boat full of disciples will pay for their faith with their lives their life from now on is going to be a great adventure Follow me, said Jesus, and I will make you fishers of men. They don't stay fishing on the Lake of Galilee. This is a pause. In a few weeks' time, they'll embark on this human fishing trip. But they must wait for the for the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit to come. Just three pages on in our Bibles, we we see and hear a very different kind of Peter. He's casting a net, but it's not a net for the fish. It's, It's the words of God. To a sea of people before him, he stood up and preached to the crowds in Acts chapter 2. And we read, those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. The the work with Christ, we can do all things. Peter was a man who suddenly was filled with power and strength of God. And he preached and 3,000 were baptized and added to their number that day. It can still happen there have been periods of revival in our great british history that could happen again we pray that they will what other lessons can we learn the main task of the believer and the church sometimes it's good to focus what are we here for what is our core thing to do this passage teaches that there are two main tasks of the church and of the believer too the first task is to go fishing The second task is to be a shepherd. Both are in this chapter. The shepherding is the second half. Fishing and shepherding are the tasks of the believer and the church. Verses 1 to 14 are gathering the people in to the kingdom of God. Gathering them in with the net of the gospel. Verses 15 to 18, feeding and tending the flock once they're in the fold. So Christians are likened as two things. Fish when they're gathered in and then sheep. When, when they're in and, and tended and looked after and shepherded. These were symbols that the disciples and those could understand very easily. And we can too today. Both are vital. Fishing and shepherding for the church. Evangelism and pastoral work go hand in hand. Not one without the other. A healthy church has both of those things in abundance. Because that's what the spirit is working in and through. In evangelism And in pastoral work caring for the sheep once they're in some have been dragged off in the lion's mouth and they're rescued and and they come back and they need nursing they need care and that's what the church does we care and we love for one another life is difficult we need food we need water we need caring for fishing and shepherding the main tasks of the believer in the church fine but what's that got to do with me we're becoming more and more personal what's this passage saying to me here this morning firstly always do what the lord says just obey him do what he says when when called to cast their nets on the right side of the boat the disciples didn't argue they didn't say "Oh, we've been fishing all night we have cast the net dozens of times i don't want to do that i'm tired i want to go in they didn't do that they obeyed they obeyed there are so many verses in the Bible telling us how to find life in Christ. Even just a few verses before. That Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God. And that by believing, you may have life in his name. We find life in Christ by believing. Believe. It's that simple. Cast your net on the right side. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. Maybe that's a word for somebody this morning. Just believe. Believe. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. And then the Bible tells us how to live that life out in a way that's pleasing to God. There's lots in here. Just do it. Just do what it says. Don't argue against God. Just live the life that God has laid out for us. It's not easy, but it's the best and the only way for us. Second personal application let jesus reveal himself to you let jesus reveal himself to you meet with him christianity is primarily knowing it's knowing christ personally without that there is no real christianity i bang on about this whenever i'm in the pulpit sadly but it's true christianity is primarily knowing god knowing christ doing stuff is secondary It's what comes from knowing. The work of the gospel that we're dead keen to get involved in is his work. The gospel is his work. We, it's as we know him that he works through us. He empowers us. He enables us. He gives us the life, the ability to do those things. Next point. Let him reinstate you. We're going to go on to verses 15 just briefly to look into that because surely there's somebody listening in today. Who's gone back to fishing? Maybe years ago, you left your nets to follow him, but it's gone wrong. You've messed up. You're back in the fishing boat. You're back to where you were before, as though it never happened. Look at the disciples in the boat here. Peter. Peter, a liar, a denier. He cursed. I don't know him. Just a few days before, Thomas is in the boat, a doubter, didn't believe the others that they were deserters in gethsemane then all the disciples deserted him and fled you've messed up you're in very good company we all mess up jesus reinstated peter jesus reinstates us all he come back to him say you're sorry he's not going to hold a grudge against you he wants you to be back where he wants you to be in his fold amongst his people So brothers and sisters, show your love to Christ by fishing, get involved in the gospel work. There's plenty going on here at BH, plenty of needs for volunteers. There's a great list. I'm sure if you ring up the office, they can tell you lots of things that you can get involved in, in gospel work, casting, mending, hauling in, whatever it might be, listening to his command. Lord, do you want me to do that? Praying and giving and serving and supporting. So there's plenty. Show your love to Christ by fishing. And show your love to Christ by caring for the sheep. Getting involved in feeding the flock. In pasturing them. Tending them. The lambs and the sheep. There's lots we can do. Lots of little things. Maybe nobody else will see. But something that you can do that is tending the flock. Caring for them. Showing them God's love in some way or another. So get fishing get caring for the sheep and like the disciples we have different gifts different characters that 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 in in filled with the spirit of christ can do amazing things with christ leading there can be this harmonious ministry that every church longs to have and by god's grace may bh show that too with us we are bh may god use us to bring glory and praise to our risen lord jesus christ let's pray Heavenly Father, we thank you for this word. We thank you for this um, call to follow you, to serve you, just like the disciples. And we pray that we might be joyfully obedient and ever glad that we did. In Jesus' name, amen.